1: Hey, this is Megan Rapino and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening
2: pleasure. Enjoy the show.
1: A Touch More.
2: New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What's good, everybody? Today's guest is a very special guest the James Krause UFC fighter the anyweight champ this dude has an amazing story really cool conversation really cool dude also got to meet him when I was out in Vegas for UFC 248 and he gave me his word that he would come on the show and we finally got him on the show folks and it was a really cool conversation dude's been in the game for a long time man and it's something that I said in passing with Chris Van Vliet last week if you guys haven't checked that out Going to check out that op, that uh, episode. Episode, Jesus Christ, it's getting late. And a lot of people, man, they want the fruit of the labor, but they don't want to put the labor in. And it's something that resonates with me when I look at the career that James Cross has had. And he's a really interesting dude because he has a lot of different business ventures that he's going into. He's really... He's one of the few fighters from following the UFC closely that is setting himself up post-fighting career. And we touch on that. We, talk, we touch on the sacrifices that it takes to make it, quote-unquote, uh, no matter what your field is. It could be your studies. It could be being a doctor, a lawyer, anything, an athlete, podcaster. All that so really cool conversation. Once again, hats off to the James Krause. Give him a follow on social media. It's the James Krause. And I hope you guys enjoy this.
1: I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect.
2: Yeah, you think you got it? I got it for real. You think you got what I got?
0: Uh, this one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget ready to kill. to kill, homie go finish your meal, Eatin'. I'm coming for real taking that
2: food right off of your grill nigga nah. you too ill, can't let a drop of me spill can't, clogging the lane, I'm
0: feeling the strain, I'm here for the spot to be here. not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills working Got me up to the property's built, told poppy to prop me with stills, yeah. signature moves like I'm will, signatures under my belt, The mixes I dotted for wealth, I dotted that shit with my life, uh. those are big moves, playing small ball, big. lay it down, get it over, better chance to score than
2: all Y'all could. Ah, yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. My guest today is one of the biggest savages in the game. And uh that's actually how we got in touch, dude. I don't know if you remember this, James. James Krause joining us right now. I had I had sent the Instagram story to you when I was in Vegas for 248. Seems like the last time we were able to travel with a bunch of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember hearing your story about how that whole fight, that your your last fight in the UFC happened. Man, like I think that's the most insane and literally savage thing that I think yeah. has done. And you know, people do a couple of pushups in the gym and they're like beast mode or savage mode because like they do a couple swing presses with a kettlebell but like dude utmost respect for ufc fighters man my buddy jared jared gordon fights in the ufc also but i think you guys are a completely different breed of athlete
1: i would uh i would i would venture to agree with that it's it's uh it's a different gosh it's it's almost like putting all the other sports together you know and combining it into one sport uh athletically so what i love about it is like I feel like in, in basketball and football if you're just not a, a like a, a purebred athlete it's just going to be really hard but there's guys that aren't athletic in MMA that make it cuz there's just there's so many ways to win right mm-hmm. like there's so many ways to 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 be successful and that's what I love about the sport when I started out I had zero athleticism at all and I do think that athleticism can be learned but in football or or probably basketball as well if you just don't have it, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like you have to have it or you have to be learning it from a very young age to really, to be successful in those sports where MMA, there's guys that I find at the top level of the sport that really aren't athletes at all. Uh, they just, they find other ways to be successful. And that's what I love about this sport. That's what kind of drew me into it. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I have a lot of success is because there's so many ways to win, right? Like there's different, you can, you can go different routes. You can do a striking, you can do a standing, you can wrestle, Uh, You can kind of do it in between, holding people on the fence. Uh, You can be heavy on top. You can play from your your back. You can stop the takedown. There's just so many ways to be successful in the sport, and that's one of the things that – that's one of the reasons I love it.
2: I have a buddy of mine. I I was one of the first people that got all my friends into the UFC, and I always share this story how I was in Cancun for spring break 2010, and it was GSP Hardy was the pay-per-view. And one of my buddies, George, was, like, a super fan of the UFC. And I do feel like – I always like to compare it to UFC and tell me how you feel about this. That 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 hometown band that not many people knew about but loved and then they finally just blew up, that's yeah. what the UFC Yeah, was. yeah that's,
1: that's pretty accurate.
2: So, like, it was such a cult-like following. He was like, guys, it was six of us. and He's like, yo, fellas, whatever we do, I got to watch this card. I got to watch this card. And I knew – like, I'm a big wrestling fan, James. So, like, I knew about Ken Shamrock. I knew about yeah. like Chuck Liddell just because there were certain guys at that time before it blew up that were mainstream. There was mainstream appeal to them. And then dude, I walk into this bar and it is packed out. People are screaming at the top of their lungs for this. And then after that, bro, I've been hooked since. And
1: yeah, it's awesome.
2: It's, it's probably, it's become my favorite sport to watch. And when it comes to going to a card, I don't think there's a better sport to go to.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a MMA snob. I've been to so many fights now where like, I have to be front row, you know what I mean? No matter what. Cause like, listen, if if you're, if you're watching this and you've never, and you go to the UFC and you've never been front row to a fight, like I'm telling you, it's just like to really understand what these guys are going through, or at least to, to get a, a glimpse of what they're going through, you have to be front row. Cause it's just not the same. Like, the sounds are different. The smell, even like you know, sm- smelling you know, you can smell the blood. You can you know the sweat. Like the sounds of like the low kicks hitting the bone. The the elbows, you know, skull on uh, I'm sorry, bone on bone. Like it's just different. It's it's a uh, for lack of a better uh, term, it's very very intimate. You know what I mean? It, it gets very uh, personal very quickly, and you can get a better appreciation for for what these guys are going through if you if you sit front row with it.
2: The fact that you said fighting and smelling blood is intimate is one of the main reasons why I don't try to mess with anybody that has any sort of background MMA, dude. What kind of like weird interactions have you had with fans? Maybe someone that doesn't know you're a fighter, right? They kind of—I've seen it with my buddy Jared, and it's always like they always start off. I love Jared. Jared's great. Yeah, he's such a good dude. Man, shout out to him. But
1: Uh, I've had so many. Like, I obviously don't really. I don't look the part, you know what I mean? Like I'm not like a scary looking dude by any means. Uh,
2: well, I hate to yeah. cut you off. I think that's <laughs> the, that's the scariest part of it. Cause you know, I, I think the UFC also what it showed you and even fighting in general is don't judge a book by its cover. Sure. Right. And it's, it's such a cliche and an old saying, but dude, like you said, there's some people like you see a Yoel Romero. You're like, all right, that guy is definitely a psychopath. not messing with him. Yeah. scared. Yo, You shouldn't like you're a black belt in jujitsu. I definitely wouldn't want to mess with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, the, the Chuck Liddell's are on, on one extreme, right? He just looks like a fighter, right? Like right. He's like, if you look up the fighter, there's going to be a picture of him there probably. Like, that's your, that's your standard extreme right side of what a fighter will look like. And then, you know, there, there's, like, I'm probably on the other end of that, very unassuming. And there's even guys that are even, uh, even worse than me, like uh, Chase Hooper. Oh, my God, he looks like, you know, somebody's little brother. When he gets a hold of your neck, there's going to be problems, you know? And uh, he's a scrappy kid. He's tough. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's very unassuming people in this sport and, uh, and they don't even look like athletes and they don't look technical and they don't look like they could hurt a fly, but some of these kids they are kids now, you know what I mean? Like they're kids, they're, they're ripping your, your neck off, you know? So it's a, it's a very unassuming sport and it's a, it's a, I feel like it's a sport that like molds people, you know what I mean? Like it can build Mm. mental toughness. There's not a lot of other sports that can mold people and like make them who they are. But this sport has like molded me to become like this is like uh, it's hard to explain I, I told my guys this after practice today i said man like a lot of these other dudes they're they, they're they're they are who they are and they play a sport right so like their personality doesn't match the, the sport necessarily but like this sport has made me who i am like it has molded me to become it is the sport has been my role model right mm-hmm. like the, the mental toughness that it takes to get through this, you know, to, to, to deal with the the highs and the lows, the adversity, uh you know, the, the physical and mental uh, toughness that you have to have to, to compete at this level, really. And not even at the high level, just at any level in MMA is uh, it, it, there's definitely a lesson to be learned from it.
2: Dude, you've been fighting since 2007. I got your, well, you turned professional in 2007 and you're right 20 something
1: like, amateur fights too so I, yeah, I, I, yeah yeah
2: 18 and 1 it says amateur record um yep. you held multiple belts and you're right about the kids thing dude you've been in the game for so long and I feel like a lot of people always I like to say that people want the fruit of the labor but they don't want to put the labor part so how 100 percent. how what is that early stages of the amateur I'm sure you're not really getting any money If if anything it's like bs money compared to what you're making now so where does that come from
1: love of the sport has to be right has to be the love of the game listen you got to do you got to do whatever you're whatever you're trying to do and this is not an mma lesson this is a life lesson uh whatever you're trying to do at the beginning of it but not even at the beginning of it at any point you have to truly love what you do because if you don't there will be adversity and in in anything and everything that you do. And the second that you face adversity, it is so much easier to quit when it's mm-hmm. something that you don't love to do. So you have to like truly fall in love with the sport to some degree uh, at some point, you know, to, to be able to make it to that high level. So, so the the answer is, is like when you're getting started, you know, you're not getting paid, you're, you're, you're getting beat up for free. It's, it's the love of the sport, the, the, the thrill, the the thrive of the competition, you know, like, you have to be in it just for that and that only.
2: Yeah. It's very relatable to, I mean, I don't get punched in the face for a living, but uh, you know, like even doing, even doing the podcast, like I'm coming up on five years that I've been doing it and I just maybe the last six months I've started to see, you know, I'm getting media credentialed. That's how I ran into yeah. you in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting more opportunities, sponsors and whatnot. And, you know, I, I, I see that these things are working, right? So I like to say how, you know, some people might not seek validation and I'm not going to say that I don't. It's nice to know that of course, this thing is working because it's like, yo, I'm sure you put so many hours and all the sacrifices you did and must have ruined some friendships because you couldn't go to someone's birthday or some shit, you know? So it's like, but yo, this is what I want to do. And this is the time that got to go into it. And that's why I'm always fascinated by the fighter, especially more than any other athlete with all due respect to everyone else. It's just, like, what kind of money, if you don't mind me asking, were you making on like the amateur circuit and like what other jobs did you have?
1: We didn't we didn't get paid, so I wasn't making anything. Damn. Uh shit, I took I've taken pro fights for free. Uh I was working at a uh I was selling cell phones for T Mobile. I was a, a sales rep there. I worked part time. Uh I was really good at it. Uh really good at it actually. And uh <laughs> I just I worked did sales pretty much since the time I turned 18 I, I sold cell phones until I was 26 27 damn and uh it was something I was really good at uh but we have a thing we have a thing in my gym uh, it's a book actually it's called chop wood carry water long story short it basically is just like a lot of people like when they when they win big or they lose big they're always looking for it's always like I need to make an extreme change and they're always looking for the next thing to to elevate them and sometimes it's just like you know, what you're saying is like, you've been doing this for five years now and you started out with zero following or very minimal, you know what I mean? And now you're starting to get credentials, you're starting to get sponsors and it's just because like day in, day out, you put points on the board, you know what I mean? It's not. It's nothing, uh, there's a there's a line in the book that I love, uh, it's nothing sexy, it's just dirty hard work. And like, mm. you just come in every single day, chop wood, carry water, put points on the board and, and and it's nothing crazy, it's just every day you're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Chipping away. And I think that's what, uh, you know, people are always looking for the big extreme thing to make changes with. And I just think they're so far off with it. You know, it's it's uh, especially when people lose, they switch camps and stuff like that. It drives me nuts, man. It's like sometimes it's just putting your head down and going back to work. You know, chop wood, carry water, put points on the board. That goes, that goes so far. But to answer your question, uh, that's what I did as an amateur. Is I just put points on the board every day. I didn't worry about how much money I was making. I didn't worry about any of that stuff because I knew there was a bigger picture, right? There was where I am now is, you know, what I wanted. You know, that's, that's, that was, I mean, and maybe at the time I didn't realize that, but I knew there was something bigger for me.
2: What was it along the way that made you believe that that stuff was possible? The, the bigger things that you said on the horizon,
1: I just kept winning, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, it was a lot later than I'd like to admit that I finally realized that I could actually do something with this, you know what I mean? Uh, But I broke it down pretty individually, you know? And that's one thing that I love about this, the sport is like, if you just like break every, every fight down individually, like, Hey, I have to win this fight. This fight is so important to me. Like if you put together a win streak, like your, your grand scheme, you're you're still going up. So it doesn't have to be like a, I want to be a world champion. Well, like that, if you put together a five or six or seven fight win streak in the UFC, that'll get that shot. You know what I mean? So, it's not necessarily that you have to like, I didn't have this like big lofty goal. I just wanted to win fights, you know, and that turned Mm -hmm. into something bigger that turned into bigger fights. And I wanted to win the, I wanted to win every fight. Right. And I trained really hard and, uh, it was important for me to win. You know, I, I would like to consider myself a winner. I find ways to win. Uh, sometimes I come up short and that's, that's life, you know, that's, that's part of life. But, uh, I think it's just, I just kept winning, you know, and it, and one thing led to another, I kept getting bigger opportunities. And then, people asking me to find on different shows and I had some adversity and I just didn't quit. You know, that was part of it. I just didn't stop, stop competing.
2: You you talk about the winning streaks and I I just think, man, a lot of, a a lot of someone's greatness is also their longevity. Like I'm a big, uh, well, you know, when I was younger, I think the one thing that's changed with me as a sports fan is I, I feel like the rings argument might be a little overrated are you a sports fan? Like, are you into yeah. like other sports? Yeah. Like how do, how do you feel about rings? Like championship rings just in general. And then, and then I'll follow up on why I'm asking.
1: I mean, it doesn't tell the whole story. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part, you know what I mean? But that doesn't, there's, there's plenty of uh, Hall of Fame people that have never won rings. You know what I mean? Like that, that just tells, it's a small portion of the story. You know what I mean? Like it's the Jordan versus uh, LeBron debate uh, and you can go into it all day. Uh, but there's, Dan Marino never won, never won a you know a Super Bowl, but he was one of the greatest quarterbacks there is. You know, Hall of Famer, I think. Uh, you know, that just tells a small portion of the story. I guess is my opinion on it.
2: Nah, I I definitely feel you on that, man. And I think that so much shit has to happen for you to win a championship in a in a team sport, right? Like you got to make sure that the Robin to your Batman don't get hurt, or someone don't get traded or suspended. And the reason why I ask that is because I'm a big New York Giants fan, and I know I know it's been rough the last couple of years. So please don't uh don't insult my fandom. I'm a
1: Redskins fan. I can't say anything.
2: Oh, oh man, we're at the dumps of the, the NFC. Yeah, but dude, I just yeah. think that like the duration of like putting a resume together is also important. Like you've been, you've been, you were in the UFC, then you returned to the UFC and you also see like guys that play 10 plus years in sports. And it's like, yeah, sure. They don't have a ring and they don't have a title. Like I think the duration of someone is yeah. so telling of their greatness.
1: I've never left the UFC. I've been in the UFC since 2013. I left for the ultimate fighter. I didn't okay, leave. That's was what still, it was. All right.
2: Right. Yeah, I right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember but, watching you on that.
1: Yeah, I, but I've been in the UFC since 2013. And I credit that to my style. Like, I think I fight a long style. I don't get hit clean a lot. And, uh, you know, I think it's a styles thing. I, I, I've I been fighting for almost 15 years now. And I have, I think, coming on like 70 fights, pro and amateur, 65, yeah. 70 fights, somewhere in there. And I think I, I credit that to my style. You know, the way I fight, I fight long. I don't get hit clean a lot. Uh, I don't take a lot of damage. And uh, I come in shape. I come ready to fight. You know, I think a lot of that, I thought a lot of the guys that get those wars is because they can't move their feet. You know what I mean? So they sit in the pocket and get hit. I move my feet a lot. I stay long, stick behind my jab. I don't get hit much. And I, I think that's why, that's one of the reasons why I've been able to compete for so long. Here comes the money.
2: Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. All right. Time to pay some bills. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and BetOnline has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. You can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge March Madness Style NFL Simulation Tournament. You can enter that for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code bluewire to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Money, 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 money. Do you think having like a, a good chin might be one of the downfalls for certain fighters?
1: Oh absolutely 100% I can how much time you have I can I can start <laughs> rattling people off absolutely like I, I feel like I have a good chin I mean like I, I've shown that you know what I mean but I I damn sure don't want to keep showing it you know like right. yeah. people every time somebody says I didn't realize how tough you were that always means I was just in a war and I hate that like nobody li- like like why would anybody want to be in that I don't understand it I don't get it why you would want to trade shots and why you would get off on 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 that like this is a this is a game like why like if you're playing a basketball game, why do you want to be in a close game? Like when you could just blow them out of the water, you know what I mean? Like, of course you're going to be in close games, but that doesn't mean you should want to be in them. Right. I don't get it. You know, I don't understand. Some of these guys make a living off of being in these wars, man. And it just doesn't, it doesn't last here. You know, it doesn't last there.
2: Man, you know, going back to the whole duration thing, like you've been in the game for so long and fighting in the UFC since 2013, where you see these, these kids, I mean, shit, I'm 29 now, so I guess like these younger dudes that come in and like they have one or two fights in the UFC and then they disappear again. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, you know, there's always a conversation of how much you guys get paid. I think just it, you guys are so underpaid for how much time you're putting in. And then before you, you know, it wasn't until like I got really cool with with Jared and then he went into the UFC and he's like, dude, sure you you get a bonus, right? Or you get whatever you get paid for your fight before you know it, it's like you're paying your nutritionist you're paying your coach yeah. your wrestling coach your gym and then it's like damn this is all that i have left is nothing yeah it's nothing man it's
1: probably over 50% has gone i mean easily 50% is gone
2: the thing that fascinates me about you dude and why i wanted to talk to you is cuz everyone knows about like connor and his proper 12 right like you are one of the few fighters that i know of that got all these other side projects yeah why did you want to get into that and why are you doing that? Uh,
1: yeah I mean listen the 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 window for professional sports is just like with any any professional sport take MMA out of it football uh basketball it's the window is so small so first of all the, the motivation for me is I don't like counting on anybody to mm-hmm. to to pay me or you know what I mean like I can't count on the UFC to pay me. Listen, I'm a, I am a, uh, I am an employee of them. First of all, I don't like that to begin with. I don't like working for other people. I don't like being told what to do. So, uh, that already irks me, but like, I can't count on somebody else to pay my bills. I can only count on myself. And I've never, since 2013, I've never had this like sense of security. Like I've seen, I've seen what and I'm not, this isn't a shot on the UFC. They've always done me really well. But like, I've seen him cut guys off wins. I've seen crazy things happen to where people lose three split decisions in a row and then they get cut. Like I can't count on them. You know what I mean? And for the the young guys, that's where you see these, these guys, they, they come in, they lose two and then they're gone. It's because they don't know how to manage their money. First of all, they don't know what they're doing with it. And second of all, they don't, there's a game to be played here. Mm -hmm. Like this is not a sport. This is a game. And I I'll sit here right now and I'll tell you, I may not be the best fighter in the world. I think I'm pretty damn good. I may not be the best fighter in the world, but there's not many people that have played the game of MMA better than me.
2: Yeah, it it does. It does seem like that, dude. I I go back to the whole duration thing. Like people come and go, they have one or two fights and you've been here for so long and you're setting up like you're doing like real estate. you, You coach a gym also. What is your favorite thing to do outside of fighting? From all the other hobbies, is it even coaching too?
1: I love coaching. I, I really enjoy coaching. We have five UFC fighters out of my gym. Uh, we have two lo- two locations. A third one uh, opening June first, which is in a few days. Uh, I do a lot of real estate stuff. I I enjoy. This is gonna sound weird. I enjoy success. You know what I mean. So whatever that looks Not like, weird at uh, all. whatever I do, that's I don't really like. I don't play video games. I don't watch much TV. I enjoy building something bigger uh one of the things right now that i'm doing that i'm uh like i get excited to talk about is uh i'm buying two uh i've already purchased one i just literally closed the other day on another i'm buying uh houses for my kids oh right and yeah so I, i i buy them a house it's a three bedroom one bathroom in a in the city that i live in it's a really you know i renovate it it's been Probably ten, fifteen thousand dollars renovating it, make it really nice. I rent it out, and uh, of course, I keep the I keep the cash flow out of it. But by the time that my kids are graduated or ready to move out, I will give them the property. It'll be paid off by that time, and I will either give them that property to live in, or I will allow them to take that over and rent it out for a source of income. And 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 it's just it's a, it's. It's a gift for me to them. And of course I will police that to make sure that it's not abused. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a gift to to give a head start in life, one that I wasn't given. And I had to learn that the hard way. You know what I mean? And it took me a long time, but it's a head start in life and uh, it's something that I I'm really adamant about. And uh, it's a it's a it's a teaching tool on how to, you know, at that point, if they choose to live in that house, they are then able to get another house in their name, because they can get a house at that point, then they can rent that house out. It's just a head start. You know, it allows them to have a, a source of income immediately as an adult. I think that's really important to teach my kids about how to be successful and, and, and money and making smart financial decisions. And, uh, you know, I'm going to it's not like I'm not making anything like we're, I have a kid. That, uh, one of my kids is five. And one of them is is eight months, and then I have my sister who I'm I'm uh, we're about to do the same thing for her. She's 15, so we're about to we're about to buy her a, a place as well. I just gotta find one. If the, like my criteria is a little is a little strict. So, uh, but it's really important to 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 give that. You know, the house will be paid off when they get it. They can choose to live in it or to make money on it, and uh, I will get the cash flow until they're ready to ready to get it.
2: When you stop doing things for yourself and you do things for others, something so simple—it just—it's a different kind of motivation, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, kind of hunger. Where um, you're in Missouri, right? Yeah. Uh, are you born and raised there?
1: I was actually born in uh, Newport News, Virginia, but I've pretty much been raised here since I was two.
2: Interesting. Are you um? What'd you feel about this whole Corona stuff? I know, uh, you're, you're, um, I don't know how far you are from Ozark, but I know that there was a big video going around (laughs) about the whole, uh, all those people being in that pool and whatnot. How is, how is the Corona stuff over by, by your end? Cause dude, in New York, there's like, it's crazy where you're at. It's like 20,000 people have died and it's, it's unbelievable. You know, my dad, he's, uh, he's 54 and you know, he's a smoker uh, he's a little overweight yeah. and a, a little bit of the old school Greek mentality. And he doesn't really sure. take care of himself well. And dude, I'm just like nervous as hell anytime like him and my mom go anywhere. So like, how yeah. is the conditions over by you? It's really not that bad,
1: man. It's, uh, you know, we, we've, we quarantine, we shut down all that stuff. Uh, But it really hasn't, it really hasn't been that bad, to be honest with you, not compared to where like comparatively speaking to, yeah. to the rest of the country, nothing like what you're dealing with. But, I mean it's really not that big of a deal here. I don't want to say it's not a big deal. That's the wrong word. It's not as impactful here as it is where you're at.
2: Yeah. And chaotic. Yeah, for sure. And I know, um, you know, I, n- I never went to get the antibodies, but when I, I kind of hit all the boxes for someone that might've had it. Like I had just traveled the weekend before. Same. My birthday was same. Day, I did too. A couple of days. Yeah. Like that's where I ran into you in Vegas. Uh, You're in an airport. You know, I'm working in New York city, all these customers in and out coming up to us. So it's like, and I had like a bad cough, but for the most part, I felt fine. You know, it's usually something. Oh, I
1: was, dude, I was bedridden for like six days. The worst I've ever felt in my life.
2: Oh, for real? So I, you think you, you this is you back in December.
1: I, I think I, I think I had it, but I've got an antibody test and it came back negative. But I also know that those are like 30% false positives or, or, uh, you know, wrong, te- wrong results. So, uh, I, I was the sickest I've ever been in December before oh, any of this was ever a thing I was I dude I had the flu or something I, what I thought was the flu no medicine touched it it took me six days and I'm telling you I had I had fever just pour, dripping pouring sweat uh and I could not I'm telling you I I'm I'm normally a person to where if like I'm sick I just I still go to work and I still I tough Same. it out you know what I mean yeah, yeah yeah I was in bed for six days dude I couldn't move I couldn't get up I i could not get up and and move so i thought i had it but i got the antibody test and said i did so i mean this is i got the antibody test a couple weeks ago when i was in jacksonville for the ufc but uh yeah i mean i don't know but i was nothing touched it it was the worst i've ever felt in my life and i very rarely get sick
2: yeah dude i'm kind of the same way as you in the sense where i kind of just like it, it comes the work ethic comes from my pops right 20 27 years working uh on 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 the corner that comes off (laughs) that comes off bad but like you know he wakes up at 2 30 in the morning every day and i've never been i've never been on a family vacation with them with my with my parents you know so that going back to what you said about setting up your family for success later down the road one of the reasons why i'm doing all these things and all these other different um endeavors that i have is because you know my main goal james is i want to retire my pops Right. So I'm doing everything I can to get to that. And even with the food truck now expanding, but dude, that's crazy. I didn't know nothing about that with the, uh, with the whole sick, with you being sick. What was that experience like in Jacksonville? Cause I saw the video you put up where that shit went in your nose and I know uh, that couldn't be I, fun.
1: I got to do it again tomorrow. I can't. Oh, uh, it sucks, man. There's, there's nothing fun about it. I had to get the finger prick, which isn't bad at all. And then the damn thing up your nose. is terrible. It's awful. It's, it feels like it's touching your brain.
2: How was, how was that experience in Jacksonville? Because I do think a lot of the sports leagues are, like, kind of starting back up again. Um, and, man, hats off to the UFC ab- about going about this whole situation and how they handled it. And I do think they kind of laid a foundation to other leagues about yeah. how to go about it. And how did you feel being in the arena with no crowd around you? Because as a viewer, bro, I loved it. Yeah. I felt no different watching.
1: Yeah, it was I mean, it's I've been on the Ultimate Fighter, so it's virtually the same thing. Like there's not a lot of people in there. I've been on the show. I, I was on the show twice and I coached on it once. So i I'm pretty familiar. I've been to plenty of the contender series stuff. So it's very similar. Uh it wasn't a huge deal to me, to be honest.
2: It seemed like the viewing product was just as fine. And I think the, the, the coolest thing was being able to hear the corners. And then you saw a lot of people after the fact saying how like I think it was um it was a Gechi Ferguson card where people were giving credit to DC about like yeah, being yeah, able to hear. What was that like when you were in the in the corner for Anthony Smith? Were you guys like worried about the other coaching staff being able to hear what you guys were saying?
1: I nah, man, I don't give a shit.
2: <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't. Uh, I don't care what anybody. You know, if they hear me, if they don't hear me, I don't. I care less.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Because you know, if you um. If you ever go to a card, the early couple of fights are always like there's not many people in the crowd. But as it gets closer to main card, how different is it fighting on a main card and on a prelim? Just like what you said, there's a big crowd
1: difference typically. Uh, And a lot of it depends on the card, depends on if it's a pay-per-view fight night, you know, where the location is. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's a huge crowd difference. If you're on the main card, everybody's there. You know, everybody that's going to be there is already there. Uh, if you're on the, the prelims, you like first fight of the night, there's not many people there typically at all. So there's a big crowd difference. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, but when you get in there and fists start flying, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? You're not worried about what the crowd's thinking.
2: Interesting. That's a, that's a pretty dope perspective, man, because I, I think that's, that's what we're going to see moving forward. NBA, NHL, all these leagues coming back. Yeah. Uh, last couple of questions, man. I know I've kept you a little longer than I asked. Um, Oh, you're good. I I definitely got to hear this story. About you on this, you know, how many hours was it that you got the notice?
1: uh I think, I think, what was it? It was, I, it kind of depends on what you're like the first I heard of it or the when we accepted it.
2: Uh, the, the, the the first time you heard of it, that it was possible that you could fight on that card.
1: Well, the first time I ever mentioned it, because I'm the one that brought it up, was 2 p.m. the day before Wayne's. <laughs> so, so, two two p.m. is the first time I said I will take that fight, uh, and that was like I said that to my manager. There was no, you know, we, I think we finally accepted it uh, a few hours later, you know. Uh, but it was a it was a crazy process. You know, I was at lunch when I said, "Hey, they're like, hey, this guy just fell out at, at middleweight. I don't I, obviously they're not gonna be able to find him." But I was like, "I'll fight him." He's like, "You for real?" I was like, "Yeah." They pay me. They make it right. I'll, I'll fight him. I don't mind. Uh, and I knew the, I knew uh, Trevin well. He just fought my teammate, Zach Cummings, not too long ago. And, uh, you know, it, it, they basically said, okay, well, you got to go to weigh-ins. I'm like, I'm not going to weigh-ins until we figure this out. Y'all ain't going to get me riled up. You know, it's where I'm going to be like, I'm not going to go in front of everybody, face off with this dude, and then they're like, hey, we're going to pay you the same. And I, You're not going to make me look stupid. You know what I mean? So I was like, we need to figure this deal out before I go to weigh-ins. So, they go back and forth. The shuttle leaves for weigh-ins at three or uh, – it was, like, three or four. I don't remember. The shuttle leaves for, for weigh-ins, and it comes and goes. I didn't hear anything back. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not fighting. So they finally call back. They Like, the negotiation process started, and they're like – they finally we met, came to a deal, and uh, they uh, said, hey – so I had to take, like, a uh, an Uber or – I don't remember what it was. I think it was, like, a private hotel shuttle to weigh-ins. I literally was there probably – 10 minutes before I jumped on the scale like I went in they uh they weighed me in the back like right as I walked in they weighed me in the back and then I went got my my Reebok stuff and faced off it was it was it happened really quick so there wasn't a lot of time you know and and then shoot after was when I got crazy because I was doing physicals and stuff like that at 9 p.m that night I had to get a mouthpiece made because I didn't I didn't have one uh mm-hmm. I had to go get one made at, at like 9 30 that night I got a physical at 9, mouthpiece made at 9.30. I had to go pick up the mouthpiece the next morning of the fight. Uh, I mean, it was crazy, man. It was, it was super crazy. What do you normally – like, what do you weigh now? I haven't checked in a while. I'm probably low 90s right now. But what, the thing – what was crazy about that week was my, my, my coach, Mark. Uh, he was cornering other fighters there. And him and I had trained for six hours on Thursday. So before before we accepted it, we had already trained twice. And two uh two three hour sessions. So we trained for six hours total and my weight was like ridiculously like unheard of low, like low eighties. Way low. And uh so I go eat and I, I think I ended up ballooning up to like one eighty not ballooning up, but getting back up to like one eighty six. And I checked my weight whenever I whenever I got the call and I was one eighty six even. So or one eighty six point two or something like that. It was something something that I didn't have to cut any weight. Uh, so yeah, it was like I'm normally heavier than that, but it just so worked out, you know, to where I wasn't I wasn't that uh wasn't that heavy that specific day because I was training so much that week.
2: Dude, that's uh, I remember the outpouring of love and support from your peers about yeah. what you did, and you know, Jared might fuck me up for saying this, but did you take solace in that? I know you lost, which was very questionable. I felt like, but dude the outpouring from your peers and th- there's a tight-knit community with mma yeah. man which is crazy that you know there's a lot why of animosity. Would fuck, why would jared fuck you up for that Nah, because like you lost right you took out yeah. on your record and like i'm saying like yeah. looking at it positively you know i know
1: yeah uh to answer your question i mean yeah it's always nice to be respected by your by your peers and you know people that you respect uh all that being said, I, I lost, you know, it's, that right. sucked. So, uh, but I'll be lying. It, 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 did nothing but positive for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't go down. My stock didn't go down. My stock only went up even from the loss. So yeah, I, I don't feel like that I lost anything. Obviously I lost the fight, which I feel like I won the fight. Right. Uh, <laughs> which is another, that's a whole nother podcast or episode or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I if I if I told you that my stock went down. It didn't. It only went up from there. I've got nothing but praise and support through, from my peers and my employers and people that I respect. So it's it was a great decision for me. It was a great career move for me. I got paid a lot more. Uh, my contract went up massively. Um, sponsorship stuff has, has increased. You know, my following increased. Everything everything went up, and I can't you know I can't complain. And if they offered me another one today, I would do it again.
2: Yeah, that's why I feel like it was such a unique circumstance for you, man, that it really it really put you in a different, like, it elevated you, like you said. It was kind of a win-win yeah. for you. I know ultimately it's a Oh, there was run. no,
1: yeah, no way. Like, I told them, I told my manager, I said, there's no way if the fight is even halfway good, there's no way they can't give me a fight of the night or some type of bonus. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that they're not going to give me a bonus. So, of course, we ended up getting fight of the night. Uh so yeah, I mean, uh, it was there, like you said, it was win-win for me. I, there's no way I could lose out of it. I got a lot more money out of it. I got a ton of praise for, it. and I'll be honest, I didn't think I would get near the praise that I did. You know what I mean? I, I that would never even. I had no idea that it was gonna blow up like it did, man. I had no clue that it would be like that.
2: Dude, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it was Rogan even said it, and like one of the most savage things you've ever yeah. seen, like on the yeah. mic, which was really dope. Dude, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate your time, man, so much. Thank you for uh, making this happen for me. Um, no problem at all, bro. The last thing I want to ask you is: Are you fighting this weekend? Knowing how you just take fights all the time, I will if they ask
1: me. I mean, I, I told I texted Andy the other day and I said uh, when I was in Jacksonville and, and with this stuff, everybody's falling out short nose. I will 100%. I will, man. Like I don't, I train all the time. You know, I'm I'm ready to fight. Train today, like I, I'm ready to fight whenever. So uh, if they ask me to. Yeah, I will. I mean, I don't have plans to right now, but if they ask me, I, I definitely, if they make it if they make it worth my while, that 100% I will.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the most savage guy that I think we've had <laughs> on the podcast, any anyway, weight champ, James Krause, my guy. It was a pleasure. Tell the people where they could find you, all the stuff that you're working on. You got anything you want to promote, dude? The floor is yours.
1: No, I mean, I'm uh, on, on all the social media. If you go to Instagram, there's a link in my bio. It's Linktree. If you guys give a damn about anything i'm doing it's all on there Uh, i put out actually i you asked me if i'm gonna promote something the only thing i would is uh, i just put out a a wrestling on the wall course it's in that link tree uh link on my instagram uh which is the james Krause. it's a it's a pretty cool pretty cool little little course it's uh yeah if you're in mma at all uh or mma wrestling on the fence it's a it's a great course so uh yeah man all my all my uh, instagram twitter facebook is the james Krause. I usually interact with everybody that mentions me, uh if you're not a dickbag, so
2: ill can't let it drop on me spill. Cloggin' the lane, I'm filling the stream, I'm here for the spot to be filled
0: Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it, got it. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Grainger.com KeepStock to learn more. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is the story of the one.